0: Welcome to Beerfield, where the best part of the podcast is the part that we don't record. That's where the best content happens, like right before we actually start the recording. I am your host at Beerfield Hop with two peas, uh, as always, joined by Be- at Beerfuel Thury, Chris Hopper here, Dan Thury. It's
1: been a day, dude. Rain everywhere. Like, it's, I had to work in Peoria, which is about an hour or some change from Springfield for our listeners from where I live. And, and it was just like driving through a monsoon today. Yeah,
0: it, it was pretty, pretty pouring here. Also, wind. And it was the weirdest thing for me because I kind of live down in a little, little valley, as you know. And so all the wind is going right over the top of me. And you can just hear it the whole time. And I'm standing down in the yard and it's like not blowing at all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I can hear it up there. If I went up to the top deck, could feel it. Could watch the top of the trees going. Down in the backyard, didn't feel a thing. Um, before we get started, couple things to get to. A uh, couple sad things to get to, really. Um, so, we cover a lot of different things on this show. Dan and I both also like music. Who doesn't like music? Similar types. Um, there were two deaths uh, within... And now it's really within, I think, like eight hours of each other. And one of them, obviously, bigger name. The other, other not so much. So uh, we'll start with the big name here. Uh, Foo Fighters drummer, Taylor Hawkins, uh, passed away during their tour in Columbia. He uh, leaves behind a wife and, and kids. One of the best drummers I've ever had the, the pleasure of seeing. Would hop on the mic and sing as well. Super technical. Um, but absolutely incredible. I'm happy I got to see the Food Fighters with him before he he passed.
1: Yeah, I, 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 long fan of the Food Fighters, especially their older stuff. And, and, mm-hmm. and obviously I'm not as familiar with their discography. Um, more of a respect. Well, a lot of bands that I grew up with. So sometimes they get fallen by the wayside, but gotta love, uh, Got a lot really like old school Foo fighters um and uh, Hawkins is gonna be missed in in the uh rock community and um yeah it's 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 tough
0: it will be a lot of people emotionally affected by this stuff as mm-hmm. you know uh, people find music as an outlet um and one of the bands that I found is an outlet through uh really the mid 2010s kind of the last real rough patch before I get everything figured out. Uh, was a band by the name of Too Close to Touch. Uh, their lead singer, Keaton Pierce, passed away at the age of just 31 years old. Uh, acute pancreatitis, too, so it wasn't like you know, unfortunately with being music, drugs, or suicide, it's very common across that that area. Um, it was acute pancreatitis. So, um, our age, really. So that, that one is also that one's that was almost harder just because the emotional attachment I added to their music. I always enjoyed the Foo Fighters. It was a gateway band for me. Yeah. Um, like I said, super happy I got to see them, but you know, definitely too close to touch helped get me through some some tougher times. Um, their song Nerve Endings is, you know, uh, emotionally charged and lifted me up a few times when I needed it. And uh, the, the whole Haven't Been Myself album is one of my... All-time favorites, so uh, to both of them, just uh, rest in peace, and we'll we'll cop a, a quick moment of silence here before we move on. Probably about 20 seconds. And we're back. Um, other news, less less sad, more for a, a good thing. Uh, also, as a wrestling fan, Triple H retired. Um, oh, he did?
1: No, oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, Triple H retired from entering competition. He had a heart condition towards the end of okay. last year, and his uh, basically output from his heart was down to like 17%, and they had to put a, a D-fib in, and they were really quiet on what the specifics were, but he almost did not make it out of that. Um, and with him having basically three teenage daughters decided that it was time to hang him up, hang him up yeah. and even step yes. back from some of the office work and just kind of take it easy. So, uh, oh, shit. retirement there and we'll have more retirement news in a minute, but we'll get to the NFL, uh, in due course. Uh, one other thing, not football related before we jump into the beer preview and everything. You see the, uh, disc golf hall of fame controversy. No, I mean,
1: there's also that Calvin Heimberg shaving had said, I didn't know there was more,
0: uh, well, Heimberg's a heel again. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, he's, he's a heel knockin knocking heel. down giant putts. Uh, Uh, so apparently I learned all of this as of 10 minutes ago, by the way. Oh, okay. So we're going (laughs) to teach our listeners that like disc golf about it too. And if you don't just hang out, we'll get to the NFL stuff in a minute. Um, actually got bourbon news too. We'll get to that also. Um, so apparently the disc golf hall of fame, all the requirement to qualify for that was that you had to be 15 years active. didn't matter if you were still, playing or not it was just 15 years active and so Macbeth ended up on the ballot this year the ballots are private and the voting's private there's no transparency to this it's a voter told him he was on the ballot and didn't make it there's like no reporting or anything on any of this (laughs) um jesus and after he didn't make it they changed the rule now to where you have to be at least 45 years old to get in. So, not only did he not make it as a first ballot Hall of Famer, reason being, because he was still active, even though that's not a rule, they didn't vote him in because he was still an active player. Um, He now has to wait 14 years for the next chance to get in.
1: That's, that's, I mean, okay. Like, I just, why don't we just wait till he retires? Like, just let the man play out. I mean... First off, he should be a first ballot, you know, uh, disc golfer. He's the first ballot Hall of fame. He should disc be. He, he, is, he is that's a he is the Tiger Woods of disc golf for, you know, for about six, seven years running. So, yeah.
0: And I think, I don't know if it was a direct quote from McBath or who said it, but it was basically, or if it wasn't one of the voters that said it, but it was basically, if you're going to make that rule change, and I don't disagree with the rule change at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. disc golf like golf, right? It's hard. You can play it until you die. So or can't walk anymore. So it's hard to put a actively retired on it. I mean, how old's Philo? But um, you know, so forty-five seems fair. But like they said, like Macbeth said, if you're gonna make the rule change, vote the people in that have the qualifications, if they're on the ballot. Don't take their opportunity to be first ballot away from them. Vote Absolutely. them in if they have the qualifications that they're on the ballot and then
1: change it. So we'll just remove that and just be like, Big Beth, you're still going to be first ballot whenever we, yeah, just it didn't count. We'll be, it never happened. Don't even tell. There was yeah. no transparency to this, there's no record of it. Just get the just get the uh, just get the men in black thing and just hit, mm-hmm. you know, just hit the boom button and just yeah. reset. It's never happened. Yep.
0: And in the bourbon world, before we hit beer previews and stuff, um. Barrel picks aren't going anywhere. Kentucky House bill. Did you know that they were in danger? No. So, apparently barrel picks have been illegal the process of doing them this whole damn time. <laughs> <laughs> so, anybody that's been paying attention to the bourbon boob in Kentucky, they've been illegal the way that they've doing them the whole time because Kentucky alcohol laws were such that if you went to a distillery, you could only have 1.75 ounces in samples and you could not buy more than two cases of alcohol so if you were going down there to buy a barrel you're getting 20 to 30 cases of alcohol and if you're doing a barrel pick you are likely exceeding that 1.75 limit now not always but you are likely exceeding that 1.75 limit And the Bureau basically said, fix it by April 2022, otherwise we're shutting it down. Oh, no. And private barrel sales would have shut down in Kentucky. They have passed an emergency law that now does away with the limit on bottles and sampling. Okay. Okay. Uh, it defines what percentage of private barrel sales can go direct to consumer and what has to go through the three-tier system. So it opens that up now to where 30% of a distillery's private barrel sales can now go to individuals that want to buy them directly instead of to... With 70% going through the three-tier system. It now... Uh, allows for distillery-only bottle releases because apparently that wasn't allowed before either, even though everyone was doing it. So it formalized that. Barrel-aged cocktails were illegal. Selling them uh, bottled because it didn't come straight out of the barrel. So that was illegal.
1: It's like a good shit showing on it. Yeah. Now, apparently, in, no. apparently, like,
0: so much shit that was going
1: on in Kentucky was just Illegal. Until this passed. But did they just like wake up one day and be like, oh yeah, by the way, you guys are breaking so many laws right now. We're just going to. Yeah. They just
0: woke up one day and were like, hey, we're going to enforce this. We're going to give you (laughs) your heads up. Get some legislation passed.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: So yeah, it blew my mind when I saw that mm, eight months ago that that was a thing. So anyway, good news on that. I've rambled long enough.
1: What's fueling beer All
0: right, I'm going to start because I'm excited about this one. It finally made it down my way. Um, I'd seen things about it. I wanted to try it. There was no way I was getting to Champagne anytime soon to do it. I have uh, Peanut Butter Fudge Piggy Pop from Blind Pig Brewing. So uh, it's a Popsicle-inspired Imperial Milk Stout uh, with real roasted peanuts, cocoa nibs, all-natural flavoring. Um, Blind Pig Brewery is a brewery out of Champagne, Illinois, so... About an hour and a half from Springfield, where Dan lives and I'm from. Um, so I just recently, I guess, started distributing more than their base three beers. So was kind of excited and happy to run into this one. Checks in at 8.6%. Uh, let you know how I feel about it about halfway through the show.
1: I am going to keep within the Illinois State. I have Energy City's, uh Tissiery Mint Chocolate Chip Imperial. It's an Imperial milk salt with, <laughs> with with uh, Coca Mint and then natural flavors, which is sometimes concerns me. But the uh, the Brewmaster is a fucking genius. That's that you know that's got double majors, and double masters, and shit when it comes to chemistry and fermentation and stuff like that. So the dude knows what the fuck he's doing. Um, but it, it, Energy City has now been self disturing down to. Central or down to Downstate Illinois, which is obviously where I live, where where Hoppers from. Um So seeing them is amazing because they're 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 super small. They do a uh, contract brewing out of um I think out of I thought Ben River. Um, no, I can't. I got told today. No, I can't remember where it's from. But anyways, um super small brewery, Michael Brewery that that that, that makes very very good beers. Um They're one of the first breweries to truly master Uh, making these slushy beers uh, shelf-stable, which is very, very impressive just given how difficult it is to handle fruit that still has a good chance of fermenting after it's canned. So with all the active uh, sugars and stuff and the yeast that's still in there, it's uh, very hard to make them shelf-stable as they they tend to be warmer. So, uh, again, Energy City and more on this in a little while. The uh, milk stout show.
0: It is a milk stout show. Imperial milk stout show. Alright, cool. Um, let me figure out where I put the news real quick, and you know what? I got I have a stall tactic for this. News. Alright. Uh um, Bruce Arians, we'll start from the top because I'm reading straight off Roto World today because I didn't prep anything. Uh, Bruce Arians, by the way, we're supposed to have a guest on the show. She had to to back out um, because of uh, procedure. So uh, we'll try to get a reschedule with uh, Emily Lefko And uh, Josh Lurkey, um, you know, we decided to give him some time throughout his his transition this week, so uh, we'll reschedule with Larky as well.
1: He's he is very he's very
0: busy. He's very busy. He's See, he's, he's, he's some, very busy.
1: He he just got back from that dolphin ex- excursion and now uh, he's transitioning jobs. So well, uh, well that and he's about to go on a trip. I guess back up to Antarctica uh, to go save the penguins. Oh, so, so, I mean, at, at some point, I mean, this, this man is going to find. He he keeps telling us he's going to find time for us. And I believe him because I do he's too. just a man of the people.
0: I do too. Uh, all right. So Bruce Arians retired. Uh, he's going to join the front office in a consultant role. Uh, Todd Bulls will take over as coach of the Buccaneers. And it's not well, interim. There's...
1: <laughs> What's that? And it's not interim, just to clarify. No. no, it just flat out takes it over. He's just got it there was some small rumors back when, when birdie was retired for that, for the, what, uh, two weeks, three weeks that he was that, uh, that if he was going to come back, that Bruce Arians wasn't going to be a part of the roster. It never really caught any, you know, you know, any fire, but there was always something there. Um, obviously both figures, both, you know, Bruce Arians and Brady are obviously very intelligent, uh, you know, football mind. So, Not hard to see them combat and 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 Brady likely wants to have the offense ran the way that he you know would be most successful with, which makes a lot of sense. Um so maybe this is the first piece. i do not buy into the Brady going to Miami rumors. I do not either Mike, I don't know what like it came out of fucking nowhere, and now everyone's like, Oh, Bruce Harry's retired, Brady's going to Miami. No. Like Brady's been actively recruiting people that come to Tampa Bay. It does, no, there's, no, it's not going to happen. Calm the fuck down.
0: Oh, wow. There's a little more to this. So, a quote from Arians. With the organization in probably the best shape it's been in its history with Brady coming back, I'd rather see Todd Bowles in a position to be successful and not have to take some crappy job somewhere, yeah. Arians said. I'm probably retiring next year anyway in February, so I control the narrative right now. I don't control it next February because if Brady gets hurt, we go 10-7, and and it's an open interview for the job. I got 31 coaches and their families that depend on me. My wife is big on not letting all those families down. Um, Also, under the note about Todd Bowles taking over, uh, it's noted that Arians was legitimately pissed off that he kept getting passed over. He wanted Bowles to get another shot. And this was the best way that he could give it to him, knowing he was on his his way out. To go out, hand select Todd Bowles and put him in a position to succeed. God just brings a tear to my eye. A lot. I have a lot of respect for that. Because Bowles, uh, we didn't think he should be fired when he was. We thought that that Jets team was more competitive and overachieved um, for what they had, and. Has done a good job with that defense. Him and Leftwich both deserve a shot. So,
1: yeah, and Bucks one of the few good NFC teams left. <laughs>
0: yep, and this doesn't change anything anyway. Bulls taking over oh. his head coach is is fine. Larry Foot's gonna step up, and Leftwich is still gonna have the offense in his hands, and he has for a bit now. So that that'll be fun. That don't worry about that.
1: Yep. Um, Vikings re-signed Patrick Peterson. It's good. It's another veteran. They're going to try to compete this year. Smart.
0: Noah Fant was frustrated with how he was used with the Broncos and views himself as a deep
1: threat. I agree. Should be a seam-stretching tight end. My oh, God, it's imagine if they don't trade Metcalf and Locke and you have Noah Fant running up the seam with those two taking coverage away.
0: Urban Woo!
1: Demo- True Lock. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Urban Meyer
0: should uh, take a note from from Brian Dabble, who's gone back and watched a lot of pre twenty twenty one film on Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony to figure out how to utilize his receivers.
1: Oh my God, Brian Dabble is about to make the Giants relevant. Yeah, be great. Yes, he is. Oh man.
0: Uh, to ask about Deshaun Watson at the owners' meetings. Roger Goodell reiterated that there's no timetable on a decision of any potential discipline. The NFL's personal conduct policy.
1: Now they're gonna wait. This one they don't this one they're gonna probably wait until the witch to the last hour to make sure they have literally every news they possibly can get. So open for at least a year. But he'll probably appeal and get six to ten games. Huh. <laughs> Asked about about Lamar Jackson's
0: contract situation Tuesday, Ravens owner Steve Biscotti said we'll pay him when he's ready called Lamar's approach to a deal, quote, unique as hell, and noted that he doubts a deal gets done this year. Direct quote. It's uh, $23 million this year on a fifth-year option. Life sucks as an owner with bad quarterback play, Viscotti added. Sure, it sounds like the Ravens are content to play the game Jackson wants them to play,
1: however that unfolds. It's It's him and his mom. This is the most important contract. For any NFL player, it's a contract after your rookie year. It's set stone, generally for the rest of your career. And Jackson's letting not not hiring an agent. I'm sure he, himself as a former MVP could get any agent he wants. Is going to go the route of him and his mom. Oh,
0: <sighs> oh fuck.
1: Good luck, bud. Like I don't want to see like he's not leaving Baltimore, but man, this I really hope that that Baltimore doesn't sleek dog him. And uh, does his mom have any experience dealing with, with negotiations or I have no clue. I mean, I can't imagine she's better equipped than some of the top tier, you know, the top tier guys. But Hey, I mean, if, if if this is what he's going to do, you know, and, and we've seen some of it be successful with, with players like Richard Sherman. But again, this is a, this is a quarterback position. This is coming off of his rookie contract after watching Watson's deal, after watching what Josh Allen got, um, what Mahomes got, and then what we're going to see from guys like Burrow and Herbert possibly next offseason. It's, uh, let's see. Okay. (laughs) I'm interested to see what type of length he's going to get. That's the, that's, I mean, I, he's going to get his money. I'm just, she's kidding. been managing his business endeavors since he got into the NFL, apparently. Oh, well, I don't see him at anything. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it's more Baltimore in the Baltimore area. Interesting.
0: Oh uh-huh. yeah. I don't know. Uh, did not want an agent and he did not want them to take a cut of his first contract. Felt like he deserved his paycheck since he had worked pretty hard to
1: get here. It's just a really good agent. is going to get you more than what you think you're going to get. Even if you're paying them a percentage of it. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, you know, listening to the, the, uh, decision point podcast. Great. You know, Matt Kelly, Matt Kelly and not in the I'll put together one of the more unique, uh, Fancy football and football shows out there basically state like you're paying what 10% uh, to your agent, you're gonna fucking make that up and more. Like right. the guys that he can get, like Watson's agent is a goddamn magician. Like I call him up, be like, What, well, you know, what can you do for somebody who's not a sexual predator? Like, probably get you some fucking money. Said that there's consultants too involved. Well, I'm sure I was lawyers and stuff like that, but I don't know. Again, I just that's interesting as hell. Yeah,
0: I just hope that It's only out Baltimore, just, yeah, just only Baltimore. <laughs> uh, Jared Goff, they doubled down
1: on him as a starting quarterback, there should be.
0: See, Seattle it's
1: no intent to trade in DK. They plan on trying to re-sign him. This All season. Uh, nothing's
0: popped up right now on a Nick Foles trade. Go figure. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Josh Allen. Overtime rules are changing. Right. One possession yes. per team in overtime.
1: Just postseason only. Yeah, postseason only. This is great. I mean, after what happened to the Chiefs a few years ago, after what happened to Buffalo this year. That game should not have ended
0: without Allen getting a chance. As epic as that was, uh, he should have had a chance.
1: Just in general. It just makes for better football. Andy Dalton to the
0: Saints. Ah, here we go. Uh, Ronald Jones to the Chiefs. Somebody tweeted, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Larky. It might have been Carpentier. It was one of the Roto Underworld guys. The Ronald Jones uh, yards created and Clyde edwards hilaire were both like terrible in that category, basically implying that this would not preclude them from taking a back.
1: I, I think my favorite one is from the Roto Underworld page on on Twitter that said that the Bucks Brandon or uh, the Chiefs Brandon and Ronald Jones it allows them to still look for their started running back. Yeah, it was that same tweet <laughs> that had, uh, Bucket- fucking love. I love that. It's like, yeah, Ronald Jones fucking sucks guys. It's the dude cannot protect Brady made sure of that. It's another
0: Edwards Allaire situation too. I mean, he's not creating for himself. He's got a couple thousand yards from scrimmage seasons, but come on.
1: I I do like him in a more. I'm hoping he falls into more of a natural pass catching role and not trying to make him a, uh, you know, that traditional. Not only was the draft pick bad, but he's he's small. Yeah, he's stout, he's got, you know, you know, good BMI, but like he should have never been A, He should never been drafted the first round, we all know that, but he should have never been forced into that role. I maybe this pushes him to more of that satellite back that I think you can find some value in. But fuck Ronald Jones.
0: Major part. Um Siok's um, go Pete Carroll, Drew Locke's propensity for turnovers, quote, does not fit with us. But you traded for him.
1: Oh, I'm so interested to see what Seattle does. For well, they have picked nine. Mm-hmm. And, I, and there's so many rumors of teams trading up. We're going to see five quarterbacks drafted. We're going to see two top 10. We're going to see maybe a couple more top 15, top 20. They're going to get someone trading up for Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell in, in the back end of that first round. This is going to be like 2011. You just got to figure out who the fuck's going to be Cam Newton. Taysom Hill moving to a full-time tight end. Dude, Saints are Saints just want to lose. Saints, Saints are not making this. Uh, they're not hiding this. They're they're going to tank this year. Yeah, uh, Taysom Hill being a tight end is what
0: should have happened five years ago.
1: Should have just never changed. Should have always been a tight end. Should
0: have always been a tight end. Fucking Christ. Uh, that's going to be this year's Tim Tebow story,
1: by the way. Don't buy into that hype. Just no. saying. Saints are going to be very, very bad.
0: They are going to be not great. Cam Newton drawing interest. Don't care. Ross Dwelly resigned. More don't care. Uh, two other coaches expected
1: to join Brian Flores as lawsuit against the league. You don't know who yet, but this is uh something needs to keep light on. Falcons three signed Quadriolison.
0: They also signed Auden Tate, by the way, okay. This deserves <laughs> <a> mention. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Right now, Auden Tate has relevance. And it pains me to say that
1: he would probably be the one if the season started today in Atlanta. If you have any Auden Tate in your dynasty rosters, this is when yes, you trade him for anything. This is like for whatever fucking reason you still have Auden Tate in your roster, you can now trade him for something. Yeah, and he's he. Jesus Christ, he's better than Olamide Zacchaeus and Kadero Hodge. Well, I mean, he's their only true outside receiver right now. Zacchaeus is a slot receiver, like a slot Z. Tate was
0: made a healthy scratch more times than the number of passes he caught last year.
1: (laughs) I mean, granted, he's got no room in that depth chart. No, he didn't. uh, He he has flashed every now and then, though. I mean, a couple years ago.
0: That's what I'm saying. This could be like a pyramid type situation where in most areas, that ain't it. But go to a place
1: where you're needed. It seems like Quintus uh, uh, Cephas in Detroit. I was he's gonna have a game out there where he's gonna get ten plus stars. I was thinking uh, what was it Paraman in Jacksonville? Or who was well, it in Jacksonville? Yeah. yeah. Was that Paraman? I forget now. I don't know. He's been on a lot of teams. Hold on. He'll get something to start. This is a bad this is such a bad receiving room that uh, we know they're gonna load up in the draft on guys, uh, but well, Perriman's one guy,
0: not necessarily who I was thinking of. Who in the hell was the receiver for Jacksonville last year that was like nothing for most of his career and then came out and did it? Laquan stuff? Treadwell? Laquan Treadwell, that was it. Your guy. Okay. Yeah. Could be a Treadwell situation, except without the draft capital.
1: And, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Deshaun Hamilton, one-year deal with the Texans. That's... Also, wow, he's still in
1: the league. Good for you, but That's bud. also somehow relevant. I uh, miss your hate. Mr. Anti Game of Thrones Hamilton. Yeah, I'm okay with that. As
0: long as he's not like anti Bridgerton.
1: <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Bills stole back Brian Bates. Uh, Devonta Parker may get traded. Yeah, he should. We probably should
0: four draft in Detroit.
1: Make for sure another draft that we maybe we all get the carpool and go see yeah. we Kansas City next year. And we get Detroit in twenty. Yeah, Kansas City is like three hours for me. I'm totally going to Kansas City next. Year. I if 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 the passes are cheap, just to go inside or just to be a part of it. Oh yeah, I mean We're, hotels are going to be expensive. We'll just have to deal with that. But we'll figure it out. I'm I'm all for this.
0: We'll figure it out. It'll be all right. Uh, Saints, re- Nick will probably have like a bajillion points we can use. It'll be fine. <laughs> probably. Saints re sign Traquan Smith, two year deal, six million contract. Yep. Somehow still so relevant. Somehow, there's a lot of that going on right now. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Let's see. I don't care. Johnny Smith, Sam Howell. No, just scouting. One point. Oh, Bills. One point four billion dollar taxpayer funded stadium.
1: With no, with no roof or retractable. No roof.
0: roof. Which good keep the cold in there. Uh, Michael Gallup already questionable for Week One.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone should be shocked if Gallup starts seeing you in the yeah. pub. Same with uh, Ravens running backs.
0: Matt Patricia is going to work with the offense.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Makes me wonder if Belichick's trying to make him more rounded. Then he already is. <laughs> uh, John Harbaugh said J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards could both start on the pup list, so Ravens backfield still still a cluster. Yikes. <laughs> John Fox, senior defensive assistant coach for the the Colts, he's somehow back. What is dead may never die. Lions going to Hard Knocks with uh, Dan Campbell,
1: not Dan Arnold. <laughs> Dude, that's gonna be a fucking dope start Knocks. Dude, Dan Campbell was about to get into some crazy shit. I just want to see him do like a massive line of cocaine. And then go on and give some sort of like meeting with they just fucking amped up talking about biting off kneecaps caps and shit. Diversity front
0: NFL networks. Tom Pellisario reports the league is to establish a committee to review league and club policies in light of ongoing concerns over lack of a diversity in hiring. It's going to be led by former Texans general manager, Rick Smith, who is black Um Also include academic and business people. So that's after consulting outside experts on how to improve hiring practices in light of the Brian Flores lawsuit. We'll see if that changes anything or if it's just.
1: Yep. See if they're just trying to uh, cater to what's going on.
0: Uh, Let's see. Just more rumors and stuff. How much? Good Lord.
1: We're in rumor season, aren't we? It's very quiet right now. It is We're very in that quiet part right of now.
0: Yeah. That's kind of why I should have pre-read through this because it's super
1: quiet right now. I mean, there's nothing that's really been, you know, big outside of, it's been a quiet week. It, Really, kind of has. Giants
0: not actively shopping. Barkley. 49ers willing to hold Garoppolo. I mean,
1: yeah, there's Denzel really. Denzel Mims isn't a lock. Melvin Gordon at this point, like, probably going to re sign back with, with the Broncos. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's really – okay, we're just going to move on. I yeah, can't think fine. of anything that we that we really missed here. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk – hold on. Did I put NFC or AFC in the show description? You put NFC. We're doing NFC. All right, we're going to talk NFC draft needs. So basically kind of the idea here is just to go team by team, look at the roster, look at what they still need. is so free agency, as you can tell, is calm down. Through that first that 20 minutes of non-news. We can kind of tell that that free agencies calmed down a bit. So it's really gonna be kind of a team by team breakdown on uh, what do we want to see the what do we want to see teams do? What do we want to see them do in the draft? What are we expecting from them as we get through it? And really to prime ourselves as we get into actually looking into some of these players, who do we want to land where? We'll start with the NFC East. The Cowboys
1: really have any skill position holes right now. I mean, they need another receiver. With you know, with losing Cooper, with Gallup uh, likely starting the season on the pup, and Cedric Wilson going to Miami, Um, I I expect Dallas to. uh, I expect Dallas to go wide receiver early. May not be first round, but I do expect them to go wide receiver in the top three rounds. You think in top three?
0: They did sign James. They did sign James Washington, um, which. Mixed on that, he did play his last couple years with Ben. Um, you know, but that should be more of a depth thing. So, how do you feel if a third wide receiver lands here in that? I mean, that Wilson type role? I mean, that to me, this would seem like I don't really want somebody high end to land here.
1: It's still a high volume passing offense. Um, you know, Dak doesn't necessarily take off as and run as a you know as a usus. So you're not losing, you know, passing attempts to Dak. You know, tucking and running. Um, you know, it's the same thing we thought about C.D. Lamb. You know, when they still had Cooper. You know, uh, Gallup was coming. You know, off of his own injuries. Um, it just depends where they take him. You know, I've seen a lot of Traylon Burks. As uh, Jerry Jones has a strong connection with Arkansas. Um, I mean, again, this is just regurgitating for what we keep. I keep seeing up a up pop-up as rumors. It, Burks sounds like he's been slipping, and uh, I think people have cooled off on him a bit. So in the NFL, I don't think was ever as high on Burks as as the community was. So maybe he goes, maybe he's the one that lands in Dallas and you get to see the new future of of the Cowboys with Lamb on the inside. might not be the best for Burks as he'll have to likely start out playing outside more, and you might see some... You might see some growing pains as he starts to develop his route tree, but obviously he's still
0: still good. With them having Lamb there to be the alpha, though, I don't hit that landing spot either because you could use him a lot how he was at Arkansas as he comes along. He's still a very usable piece without the pressure of being an alpha there. So with good enough volume, I think that would solidify him kind of falling out of that first tier of wide receiver. If that were the I, case, I, but that's also because I think that this is a very deep
1: glass. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you fall out of it. Like, well,
0: I don't have him in it to begin with. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: <laughs> then
0: that's fair. He's tier um, two. Probably.
1: Yeah, there, there's. I have. It, it's my old clump of tier one. Is it, it's. I mean, it, it's not going to likely change. as all three are are expected to be run one picks. So I mean Landing Spot will kind of, you know, you know, flip and interchange them, but it just again speaks volumes to to, to why I don't want to have a mid round pick this year in either format. So and then, just give me the value receiver.
0: Other side of this, they I mean I think where Dallas really needs to spend some of their draft capital is going to be on the pass rush front and uh potentially in that secondary as well. We know Diggs is a turnover monster, but they didn't do a lot to as far as lockdown goes. Um, the linebacking core is very, very good with Micah Parsons and Leighton Vanderash, uh, could use some improvement up, up along the front four. So
1: just depth pieces. I mean, that, that defense, I expect, to, I expect the defense to improve further on, especially on, you know, on the efficiency side of it. So just, uh, mm-hmm. there should be a cakewalk in the NFC East this year again. So mm-hmm. giants need help. Yeah, they can go, uh, all different directions here. Yeah. The Giants are a team that we can almost
0: gloss over because we can just look at them and say, Yep, they need everything. And <laughs> kind of leave it, though. You have Matt Burita and Gary Brightwell behind Barkley, so you need somebody else there that's going to immediately become a solid handcuff after, you know, Barkley's injury history the last couple seasons. Their number one tight end right now is Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, let's see. Uh, line was better but still needs help uh, wide receiver core you, you know, we still like Shepard I think as an ancillary piece but he's coming off of an Achilles injury we liked what we saw out of Tony as a gadget player but really I think that they do better adding a wide receiver here as well um, you know and then letting Tony, Shepard, Galladay, Slayton kind of sort themselves out as to who falls into the role behind them but they really need to solidify that um, and then the defense just across the board needs some help.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, they got pick five in this year's so that pick five and pick seven. Uh, I expect they should move one of them back. Yeah, I mean, and well, I'm looking at pick five or seven. It depends. You know, the Giants could be a dark horse team to take a quarterback. I don't think they will. I don't but, think they will either. Um, likely at, at five or seven is going to be one of those two s- spots. I, I expect to see some activity. For a team wanting to move up into the top five, top ten, to take one of these quarterbacks, Washington, uh, Pittsburgh, Seattle may try to uh, as the as the positive news on these on these quarterbacks keep ramping up, and positive pro day remarks for guys like you know Willis and Howell and Pickett all keep coming through, and we keep seeing mocks, you know, push these guys up. This is where we're going to start to see that hype build up. So I, I think they're going to trade one of those picks, which would be the right move. I trade both of them. Honestly. I,
0: yeah, I, I think so, because I think if you can get some volume in the mid round, you're going to be better off as far as infusing this team with talent. And this team really needs an infusion of talent. So they're a team I think could do a lot of maneuvering on draft day, especially with, you know, what I'd assume is a better GM in place than Dave Gettleman it's a team Let's that I think so. could do a lot of maneuvering on draft day to help yep. solidify what they need to do. All right, the Eagles, I think everybody wants a wide receiver to go to them with uh to
1: put with DeVonta Smith. Yeah, three picks in the top 20, 15, 16 and 20 or 19, excuse me. Um, the other team that could do some maneuvering too. Yeah, I I, I I've seen mocks where they don't go receiver. I think a lot of people would just assume because they have an influx at the top of the draft, they can make a luxury pick like a receiver. I don't even think it's um, a luxury pick, though. I think that that is a well, luxury yeah, need. but yeah, You're it's one, it's one deep of those deep right now. Yeah, it's one of those. If they don't have, if they only had one first rounder, they're obviously probably wouldn't go receiver. But with them having three, and if they do, if they decide not to move around these picks and try to you know, acquire. More picks in the middle rounds, and then start acquiring extra picks for next year. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I would assume one of them would be. You know, obviously, keep shoring up the defense. The offensive line's aging out pretty well, so likely uh, need to start so moving the pieces there. What's that? So, so is the defense. Although they did add Hassan yeah. Reddick, uh,
0: but you know, Darius Slay is not not young anymore. Uh, you know, they they need some help across that secondary. Avante Maddox uh Steven Nelson, Rodney McLeod, and Anthony Harris are not really what you're looking for there. Yeah. Um <laughs> so all, all the safeties. You know, you have Brandon Graham and and Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, but I mean those are all guys that have been in the league for eight to ten years at this point. Yeah. So um yeah, you know, it's the same story with the Eagles. There's talent there, but it's aging talent. Um and then yeah you know, they do have there are a team that utilizes their wide receiver depth. They do have four guys on there that absolutely could produce. So I'd expect a lot of their work to go defense, maybe some offensive line depth to, you know, get a guy that needs a little bit of development that can sit behind Jason Kelsey and Lee and Johnson as they reach the, towards the end of their careers um, and develop into something. And then I would like to definitely see them add another wide receiver to that team. Absolutely. All right. Washington commanders. Weird to say. Yeah. Yes. They absolutely need wide receiver depth. I think that's a theme other than the Cowboys really in this division is that outside of Terry McLaurin, there's not been anybody that's really jumped up here. So they do need another wide receiver. And I think we saw part of McLaurin's tail off last year is, you know, one workload, he's been a little banged up the last couple seasons, but two, part of his tail off is just that he's literally the only person they have to cover right now. Especially when after Logan Thomas got hurt,
1: so, yeah, they'll need some help.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that help's coming in the form of Curtis Samuel finally having a healthy and productive season. So, they are definitely going to need some help out of that. Um, you know, the line is okay. You could help that out a bit. They did lose Morgan Moses and some key pieces there. They did sign Andrew Norwell and Charles Leno. Uh, to solidify the left side of that line, uh, but the lineman definitely could use some work. Um, team, you wouldn't be surprised to go with like a developmental quarterback, some guy that you know maybe mid rounds that you know could become a strong backup that has some some plus talent to them. Uh, you know, maybe get a chance to develop somebody a little bit there with Carson Wentz uh, under contract. If that doesn't work out, I'm thinking guys like you know a Dustin Crum or a Bailey Zappi. You know, guys in that tier, maybe that would go later around. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as far as defense goes, we know that that's good. You got Jonathan Allen, Chase Young, Montez Sweat up front. So uh, you could definitely use some improvements. Linebackers, they did get Jermaine Davis last year, Cole Holcomb. Defense really actually has been built up pretty well. So it's, you're looking for them to invest a lot in the offense.
1: Absolutely, and just you know, death pieces in the later rounds for you know for these you know rotational demon or a lineman, and uh, mm-hmm. again, like, again, like you said, to help improve the linebacking core and and, and keep shoring up the the def- the defensive backfield. Yep.
0: All right, the Bears have had a first round pick in a deep wide receiver class, and right now they're in desperate need of wide receiver Darnell Mooney, who does not project well as one. Right now, is there one? Uh, it's Byron Pringle, Marquise Goodwin, UQ St. Brown, and Demir Bird behind that. So, You definitely want to see the Bears go wide receiver here and get somebody that Justin Fields can develop with that can complement Darnell Mooney um, and really help that out. Uh, I would love to see them go on the line as well. You've got holes there. You lost Charles Leno. They apparently don't like Larry Borum right now. Who's penciled in as a starter? Got to Dakota Dozier from Minnesota, who was an absolute freaking turnstile there. Yeah. So, offensive line GM would not be surprised to see them go offensive line and to go um, to go with the wide receiver front. And I'm going to riff a little more on the Bears because hell, they're my team. I can. Uh, they also need pass rush quite a bit they need they need pass rush um you know right now they're starting sam linebacker which they are going to go back to a a four three but right now uh you got robert quinn on one end with a bunch of nothing on the others they did sign rotational piece muhammad al uh you've got The linebacking core is relatively solidified. I don't know how I feel about Darius Mack, but they brought in Joe Thomas as well uh, with Roquan Smith and then signed Nicholas Morrow. So the linebacking core is okay. They need secondary help also. Um, Right now, uh, Eddie Jackson is the only starting caliber safety on the roster. Um, They don't have anything other than a bunch of special teamers opposite uh Jalen Johnson. So the Bears don't have a lot of draft capital and they have a lot
1: of holes. Long way of saying that. Yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be crucial. I mean absolutely crucial for them to nail these yeah. draft picks. Like they can't I don't think I don't think they can afford to have you know too many duds here you know, from developing depth with some of these later rounds and then trying to get a quality starter out of their their top two picks. Yeah, this is a team that's shaping up to be
0: full rebuild mode. It's not not what you want to see at the moment. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what they do. But there's a lot of holes on this team. So looking past rush, you're looking offensive line, you need secondary help. You need receiver help Big time Yeah Yep.
1: Detroit The Lions Lions are an interesting team Because I think they're in a uh, At pick two I think they're in a really really great spot To see if you can see one of these teams Get really really obsessed (laughs) With one of these quarterbacks and potentially and move then, back, yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I know we've seen rumors of Detroit liking Malik Willis here. I don't think they're going to go Malik Willis. The moves that the front office has made the last couple of years, or this 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 offseason and past offseason when they've made their moves, have, have been going into a more positive direction and not making these boneheaded, head-scratching moves. So um, I, I kind of think they're going to trade out of there, and they're going to shore up. The issues that they seem to have, i you know they I think you know for a team that that's picking to them they they played up, they played well above expectations last year, well, um, and i'm getting key hits,
0: yeah, and I look at this roster, at least look at the offensive side of this, not on the defensive side yet, but looking at the offensive side of this, and really. Your starting wide receivers are Josh Reynolds, DJ Charka, Ross St. Brown. You could do worse than that. You don't have an alpha there, but you do have three guys that, you know, combined can be better than the sum of their parts. So they could use an upgrade there, but, you know, it's not as barren as some of these other teams are from a depth perspective. Um, the offensive line's actually shaped up pretty well with Jonah... You know, Jonah Jackson, Taylor Dacker, Frank Ragnall, Panay Sewell. We know Hawk and Swift are really, really good. You could use an upgrade over Jared Goff, but is there a surefire upgrade over Jared Goff in this draft class? I think that's why people like Willis there, but he's still very raw. Um, you know, the defensive side of the ball might be more so where where they go, I think. I think they could use some some impact players on defense. They do have Jeff Okuda, Um, but I look at their defense, and that's where I see them being able to make the most impact. The offense has enough to where if you have a good defense, especially with the extra wild card and in the NFC North, you can be competitive right now. But I think that's where the Lions are going to have to invest. I would be surprised to see a lot of offense come out of them, other than maybe a wide receiver.
1: So the other best thing about the Lions, they have five picks in the top 100. They have two picks in the first and two picks in the third. Uh, Pick 32 from the Rams is where you see the most common quarterback being taken. The Lions may. The Lions may take that luxury and try to take one of these quarterbacks that slip into that realm. These late firsts is where you see a lot of teams make moves for these quarterbacks because of how important that fifth-year option is, especially to that position. But like you said, there's 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 holes on defense so like go on to address. We fully expect them to go one of these bigger outside receivers, um, to kind of you know fit that need. Josh Reynolds and Chark are not number ones. Chark's barely a number two, and Reynolds could be, would be a backup on most other rosters. So the hit on Sam Brown, it, it's huge for them because it shores up their slot, which is becoming a more and more important position for offense. But it also now allows them to free up and get that wide receiver, that outside receiver that they covet. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see what they do from a, uh, you know, from a quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised if both picks are moved and you see Detroit with nine picks this year, really move around the draft and try to get into a good spot for next year, which is where we expect them to maybe go after a quarterback. Yeah. Um, And you're right.
0: They have, depth at wide receiver like even special agent tom kennedy flashed a little bit last year we saw (laughs) quintess cephas be pretty good before he got hurt they have depth but they need top end talent there um i will also say this if they do take a first round quarterback there at the end with a fifth year option that is like right in the area where i would justify a matt corral pick
1: I think Corral and Ritter are are, are, are or Ritter, Howell yeah. seems to be getting a lot of steam, but I've seen a lot of Howell getting mocked there. That's where I think, and I and don't be surprised with a team that wants to run the football if they go running back earlier than I think people want them to. Like that, we we obviously love Swift, but Swift has been kind of you know he's dealing been- with injuries throughout his first two years, and they you know Jamal Williams is fine, but he's not a piece. Jamar Jefferson, we know, is a joke, but um, a team that 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 when they want when they're when you're in neutral game situations they want to run the football. See them going later on running back, yeah. That would be the right move, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the right move. We're looking at you know two third round picks. Yeah, you know that might that's it, it's in that spot. I wouldn't be surprised if if they go one of these bigger backs that can kind of take on, um, you know, the grinder role and kind of you know alleviate Swift from taking unnecessary hits.
0: Yep, I can absolutely agree with that. And uh, like guy like Tyler Algier is a guy that yeah, I think plays yeah. that role pretty well. That that should be available in the later rounds. That I uh, maybe this is a pretty good landing spot for him. Uh, Damian Pierce from Florida. D- Damian Pierce is another one who is a name I've heard kicked around a good amount. Um, and then yeah, Ritter here would make sense as a mobile type quarterback. Corral being the big arm type quarterback. You know, Corral I think is the guy with the most undeveloped talent or unrefined talent in this draft. Um, Big arm talent, but needs a lot of work, basically. Yeah. Yep. All right. um, The Green Bay Packers. (laughs) Don't even know if they can pay a first-round pick. But... (laughs) All right. We all know that they need receiver. Right now, Alan Lazard, and Randall or and Jawan Winfrey are their top three. Um, we know Alan Lazard is fine in that supplementary role, um, find good even in that supplementary role. Uh, but you definitely need to do something to, to solidify
1: the rest of that depth. That's this, uh, their number one need. This team. So they have four picks in the top sixty, two two picks in the first round, pay 22, pick 28, and then, and then two picks in the second round. They're going receiver, right? You know, for the first time in Rodgers' career with Green Bay, they're going to go first round receiver. M- more than likely, they 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 have to. They've been having to to go at least go early receiver in these past a uh, few years. This is a team that still wants to compete, even with the loss of Allen's, they they Adams. They still view this as a win now team when you still have a a, a MVP caliber Rodgers at mm-hmm. at quarterback. You are going to start to see. I think draft picks geared towards to helping him. So wide receivers, shoring out the offensive line. Um, you know, tight end potentially late, even though they just re-signed And on defense, you know, they lost to Darius Smith. Um, their defensive backfield still needs help outside of um, their guy. Never their top tier guy, um, so Alexander. They so they're, well, they're Stokes was pretty good last year. Their Stokes first was great, and we all know that Green Bay loves to go first round corner Uh, defensive back so
0: (laughs) no i think their defensive backs are actually pretty good with alexander and darnell savage and adrian amos and and eric stokes stokes back there it's really the pass rush that i look at and say that they need help and in that front seven that they need help Uh, Rashawn gary is is fine as is devondre campbell but you know you could really solidify that i don't disagree that they could solidify the line a little bit more bakhtiari hurt most of last year obviously he's incredible um but then Kind of patchwork the rest of that together. I mean, there's some solid pieces there, but, um, you know, it, it's there will be a riot amongst Packers fans if they don't do something to
1: help to address the, the yeah. wide receiver problem, which yeah. I, I don't think anybody would be shocked. You look at those picks, they have two picks in the fourth, they still have a third round pick. Um, You could. I mean, they have eleven picks in this draft right now. They could feasibly leave the twenty-two draft with at least three receivers, and and we're not talking about like eighteenth style where they're all mid to late day threes. You're looking at you know two or three of them in the top you know two days. Mm -hmm. All right, Vikings, help, help. (laughs) Help. (laughs) There, there's a. you know, this is a team that wants to compete. You know, with the moves that they made, they just re signed Patrick Peterson. They signed uh Cesare Smith when healthy. They they have one of the top uh, pass rushing duos between Smith and Hunter. Uh, both can't seem to stay healthy though, and, and, and the depth is hard when you have a lot of cap problems. They re they restructured Adam Thielen's contract to free up fifteen million of capital this year, really signifying that they are going to go all in for this year. So expect to see, you know, defensive back because they still have one of the worst uh, secondaries in football. Uh, you, you'll see some help along the linebacking core. You'll obviously see them go interior linemen. I like where they're at from their, you know, from their tackle standpoint with Darrelle and O and and O'Neal, but they're a team that's going to look to keep adding on weapons. We don't really know what to expect from a Kevin O'Connell offense. We're excited, especially Vikings fans, because we don't have to watch another, you know, bullshit play action offense if we see a cousins, you know, throw a, a check down to CJ Ham, So uh I fully expect receiver. I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna go early receiver potentially too. And then you're gonna see a lot of defensive ads because this offense is this is a top five offense, especially in the NFC. And the offense is easily on level for playoff teams is what they're going to do on defense. You're going to see a lot of, you'll see a lot of defense throughout this draft and you'll see some sprinkled offensive pieces in there.
0: You think they go early receiver, even though they got two of the top receivers in the league right now?
1: I mean, if they're going to run more up-tempo offense, um, you know, we like what we got from the Vikings, like what they got from KJ Osborne, but there is a chance with Thielen aging, and then reconstruct, you know, with him. He's going to be on the roster for the next two years. See, I could see them um, move down to their draft picks here. I could definitely see, see them going. With Smith-Marset showing a little bit last year too, I wouldn't
0: yeah. be surprised if they stayed mid-round on the on the wide receiver and really tried to sure up that that yeah. secondary, maybe get a young pass rusher in there and ensure up the interior offensive line, especially to help out Dalvin Cook a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised to see early draft capital go towards the interior line and the secondary and some of that mid round draft I, I, I'm capital. I'm hoping get towards so the wide I, receiver.
1: Yeah, I I'm really hoping the first three picks are, you know, defensive back, edge rusher, and then you know, either guard or center. Um one of those. I mean you know, with the depth of the edge rushers from what I keep hearing, they may punt that too. They may try to you yeah. know find something else. Um they only have three picks in the top one hundred. They only have you know, they have their pick picking each of the first three rounds. Minnesota, I know Spielman's not there, but uh, I also expect them to try to start uh, trading around, especially with their quarterbacks. That first round pick, I don't think they stay at 12. I think they're going to try to keep adding uh, pieces because of, of the quality of, uh, of the important places, of the important positions that they want and the quality of depth in those positions. I think Minnesota trades down from pick 12 and try to acquire one or two more picks in the top 100. All right, um, Falcons. Oh my God! <laughs> it's bad. also team that's the hiding that they're going to punt this year. Yeah, um,
0: they obviously need wide receiver help right now. It's Olamide Zaccheaus, Auden Tate, Daryl Hodg, and Chad Hansen, not Chris Hansen uh <laughs> Chad, Chad Hansen. Chad
1: Hansen Son the league. Hey, Good he's had
0: some productive weeks with the Texans. He did. With the Jets, uh, right?
1: And Texans. That's yep.
0: right. So he's he's flashed a little bit, but not not the answer. They need a ton of help at wide receiver. Uh it's a prime landing spot for a running back. Um, you know, Mike Davis, Damian Williams, Cordero Patterson, not long term so even midterm solutions or short term solutions. Um Definitely could go running back. Um,
1: I hope they the line space. needs help. There, I mean, you know, this is a team. They have you know five picks, top 100. They have uh, two seconds and two thirds. Um, a team that if they play this smart, they're gonna help. Be they're they're gonna ramp up for next year. Mm-hmm. They're not going quarterback. I don't think they're going quarterback. I think they're gonna ride Mariota this year. Maybe they take one. Late day two, round three. It's just a developmental piece to see what happens. Uh, that's not going to affect the win column at all. No. And then it's it's going to be offensive line, defensive line, wide receivers, defensive back, shore up the important positions, especially wide receiver. Um, there, this, Atlanta is the prime team. I'm I'm expecting to trade out.
0: This is a team that you want to see for going for Stroud or Young. Yeah, this next is one year.
1: of the two teams I expect to, yes. Yeah. Not two, but one of them all. Yes. And they should. This
0: is this is one of those teams where Mariota is not playing to be the long-term answer for the Falcons. Mariota is playing to be a bridge quarterback somewhere else on his next contract. Yep. Um, so, y- yeah, you want to see them solidify, get some defensive pieces in for sure. Because, um, yes. holy crap, that's bad. <laughs> uh, it's so bad. It's so bad. So and obviously get wide receiver in, get O linemen in. This is a team where if they didn't go skill position heavy though, I wouldn't be surprised. Build it the right way, build it from the inside out. We've seen a lot of that in the NFL as of late, where where teams will opt to build inside out from the trenches yeah, out to the secondary in the should. skill positions as they should. A lot of success with that. It's a copycat league. I'd expect Atlanta to try to share up some of those trench positions
1: they've committed to the rebuild hope. I mean, they made the first step of trading Matt Ryan, but who knows how much influence Tom Brady uh, coming back to Tampa had over that. We're, we may be giving them too much credit. We got to see what they do. If they go, you know, you know, first round running back after trading back, I don't know how much faith I'll have with them making the correct moves. (laughs) All right. Ben McAdoo's offense,
0: Carolina Panthers. The Panthers. Um, looking up and down this roster, a wide receiver, you had newly extended DJ Moore with Robbie Anderson and Terrace Marshall. So maybe somebody day two. I don't expect them to go day one wide receiver at all. They have
1: uh, no day two picks right now. Okay. They have one pick in the top 100, and that's pick six, their first-round pick. Jesus. Right now, they 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 like I said, the Sam Darnold... Trade for that second like they dude it, it's set them back oh boy, and they traded their third round pick for c j henderson first round butts of uh, just a couple of years ago that this team is, is it's they need to move back yeah. that's it that's i mean a, yes, that's the only that's answer an obvious answer to
0: get anything out of this draft they need to move back because they need i've never seen this before they have a left tight end and a right tight end. Here, um,
1: yeah, what is this? The 1900s with the Tommy Tremble and uh, and, Ian and Ian Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, um, yeah. This team needs a lot of help.
0: Holy yeah, crap! No they picks. need a lot of help. Um, yeah, a lot of help. That's they sick, should that's... trade. They should trade Christopher McCaffrey too. They I mean, just I be hope so. They it, and they should do it if not before the draft during the draft they've six picks this year. Yeah,
1: six. They've no day 2, they've five day 3, which isn't and where you find talent. I mean, that's that's their depth and while this I, I do like their defense, but man, they're the glaring hole of Sam Darnold when they passed on Justin Fields and Mac Jones mm-hmm. last year. I then gave up capital to get Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean, this is just brutal.
0: It's either that or I guess Kenny Pickett's been rumored here you go quarterback and hope the quarterback solves all your problems with yeah. CMC, <laughs> DJ Moore and um that, that defense yeah, that's in place.
1: I mean there's been yeah I, th- I think they uh I think they waited they're going to be waiting a year too long and they're going to go quarterback here um uh, with no real ability to add depth until next year. Um yeah. yeah. <sighs> It's gonna be right, op- man. They might open hits, man.
0: Because yeah, the top end talent on this team is is there. Absent the quarterback, but the depth is oof.
1: Yeah, it, it's pretty f- fucking bleak. Pretty
0: not great. Uh, the New Orleans Saints. Saints.
1: Well, yeah. they got four picks. Really, <laughs> yeah. they got. You know, four draft picks, day one, day two. They have a lot of holes that they have. They, an aging defense that's probably still good enough to get them there, but an offense that's just lost his main head coach, that lost the real conductor of that offense. Winston probably won't be ready to start the year. Uh, Andy Dalton, woo. Uh, I... Uh, And they're going to likely be competitive in a week NFC conference too.
0: This is another one that's just,
1: because you're right. The defense is probably good enough for. They're going to be competitive this year still. They're going to be competitive in a lot of games. Especially in the division that they play in.
0: Um, Yeah. With Ramchak and Ruiz and Andrews Pete and, the line set up. You brought Jameis back. Um, you could definitely use some additional skill position help. Uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara still right
1: back there under contract. And I and who knows what's gonna I mean. There's been no word on on Kamara's situation, but I I think yeah. that'll likely pass and and not much will happen to them. You will get a game or two for that. And that hit most. And that'll be it and most. Yeah. It's, I mean, we, a lot of expectations for them to go probably early, you know, or, or to go early receiver and then shore up, you know, maybe that defensive backfield minus the cornerbacks and just keep adding depth to the offense. Um, Maybe they'll be more competitive. Just what Dennis Allen it depends. What Dennis Allen does. Like this, this team could be horrible and just vastly underperform. And you see them trying to sell off some of these important pieces of, by the trade deadline, or it, they'll be more competitive than than what people think. I think it's probably that one. Yeah, they're gonna. They'll be right. The same thing last year. They'll be right in it towards the end, up playing for that sixth, seventh, that fifth, sixth, seventh wildcard spots. Yep.
0: Um. Okay, the Bucks' offensive line—they got a couple pieces to replace there. Yeah. Um. So they could use pass rush with uh, Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominic Sue still, still not signed. Um, they could certainly use some pass rush. Other than that, bridge get richer basically.
1: Yep. No they have all their original picks with one additional seventh. Um yeah. Just gonna keep adding up offensive pieces for you know, for Brady. Or just keep adding the pieces that uh will help this team continue to be yep. the dominant maybe division.
0: Yeah, you could upgrade your cornerbacks
1: a little bit. Add some depth pieces on defense. Yeah. So they don't go through the same shit they went through last year. Yep. Get some defensive backs
0: and some pass rush. The Bucks will mostly be a defensive draft, I think. Other than potentially trying to adjust those those line pieces. Yep. Alright, we're gonna blow through the NFC West. Arizona Cardinals. Uh AJ Green, notably still a free agent. They also lost uh Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, a little disappointing. So I look at that immediately and say you need to add somebody else wide receiver wise here and it'll be a prime landing spot. I think too.
1: Yep. Have uh, their top three original picks, no additional picks until day three, uh, no fourth round pick uh, another team that could be, you know, that can trade down with, with the, with, with some of the, the negative or the negative, the negativity looming around Kyler Murray right now, he, you may see them go aggressive again to add, you know, some weapons on offense while trying to, you know, address the the linebacking core here, address some of the weaknesses on defense, and then wow. obviously the offensive line also needs some help, especially interior.
0: Yeah, I mean, they could... I, I think that part of this is going to be make Kyler happy, so they just signed Ertz. I think that... You know, part of the way you do that is you do go lineman. You give him another weapon at at the receiver position, and potentially even they could go running back here, and I wouldn't be too upset given Connor's injury history. Um, you know, we don't hate you know Benjamin, but uh, the loss of Chase Edmonds isn't nothing here. Connor played well last year, but I think part of the reason that worked is because he was in a split backfield role. Wasn't being asked to be a bell cow, so I think that you could see them go running back here. Um, maybe not early, but definitely not. You know, I'm thinking round three or four, maybe
1: on that. They have no round four, no round five picks, two round six, three round seven. Um, maybe, the hope is they won't six. they they won't address the running back spot until day three, which is That's makes fine. the most sense for a team. Yeah.
0: Because they don't need like Benjamin's fine as a receiver. You're really looking for depth that could have some some upside there, and there will be camp cuts and things like that where you can add that as well. I think that Absolutely. it's really offensive line and, and wide receiver that they need to go that way with, and yep. then you know looking at the defense, they could definitely get a little little uh little help up on the line.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's one of those yeah, things where secondary. I think I think expectations will. They're going to try to move down and address, you know, try to, you know, gain a couple more picks in day two and try to gain back some of their early day three picks that they lost. Yep. It it is they should because this
0: is not a team without holes. It's a team with a really good young quarterback, a good wide receiver, a solid tight end still, adequate running backs and a defense that's played well,
1: but it's not a team without holes. Yeah, they they truly that that collapse, that, that minor collapse uh, down the strip last year and that completely that complete embarrassment in the wild card round. It against just the Rams. Sh- showed off their lack of depth. Yeah, and just yeah, it, it's uh I expect them to be to try to make some moves. Yep. Uh Rams notoriously don't have a lot of picks.
0: Uh, they have a lot of picks. They have no early picks. No early <laughs> picks. Speak, and they could use some of those later picks to potentially move up if they wanted to. Um, but speaking of lack of depth, uh, one of the biggest things that showed in the Super Bowl, even though they were able to hold on after they lost Odell Beckham, um, without having Robert Woods, was was lack of receiver depth. They didn't have quality depth behind their starting receivers um Van Jefferson couldn't rise to that task he's a better ancillary piece um you need somebody here in that wide receiver 3 4 role that can rise up to that task if if they were to lose uh you know if they don't re-sign Beckham if they were to lose Robinson or he doesn't bounce back you're going to need somebody else here from a receiver perspective to help solidify that depth i think that was a glaring thing uh, the other going thing here is got to do something with the line. Um, the line is, well, younger now that Whitworth's gone. Uh, Boom is a 2018 pick. Uh, Rob Havenstein's about seven years in the league. Uh, but you could really use some upgrades on that offensive line as well. So the defense is fine from a name perspective. Uh, they did lose Troy Reader, so they could use a, a middle linebacker. Um they're pretty okay as far as the secondary goes, but this team really needs depth, and I think having those late round picks will help that depth is their biggest concern here across the board
1: yep yeah, expect expecting depth alongside the offensive line like you mentioned so that's that's this is uh it's a good roster this is a super winning roster so yeah uh, it's got it's got some holes, but it's mainly depth yeah it's That's
0: kind of the name of the game. Uh, 49ers. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good thing this is a deep wide receiver class because I think we've called out wide receiver for just about everybody
1: beyond their top two. And, I mean, it's, again, they're, they're a team blessed with, I think, looking pretty good on both sides of the ball. They are? Um well, they're just going to keep, they're going to use the picks that they got to just keep kind of replacing what they lost and they, you know, and they keep adding, you know, key depth to what they need, you know. Yep. Another receiver could definitely be there. Um, had no first round pick, but they have two thirds here and a plethora of day three. So, yeah,
0: wide receiver in day two or day three, because again, you don't need that wide receiver to be your one or even your two without you can Samuel. You just need somebody that might be a little upgrade over Ray, Ray Cloud or Jawan Jennings, so you can use some of that, and then you know from there, um, the line's good. They are set at quarterback for a bit, we assume. Uh, running backs, there's there's always depth there. They will take another running back, it guaranteed at some point. At some either point, late day but, three
1: or or community <laughs> yeah i mean
0: and across the defense they're i mean they're relatively stacked you could maybe do maybe see a linebacker go here maybe see i mean corner might be their weakest position
1: which i'm sure they'll they'll which also address they'll i mean they'll probably they have, address so you know three you know three you know day 2 picks one of those if they don't move up well Will likely be, I think, a defensive, yeah, defensive, defensive back. back. So,
0: not a lot of holes onto a team with more holes than an orgy. <laughs> Seattle, Seattle. Oh boy, wide receiver depth. I feel like we say that for everybody, but
1: yeah, yeah. And, you know, they got
0: four. They got four top one hundred picks. Uh, they desperately
1: need line help and if the rumors are true that maybe Metcalf or Lockett's Lockett's on the move too they're again mm-hmm. if you mentioned they're gonna need receiver um shore up at running back they're just fine uh they're they're fine at tight end even though they like to keep adding them um yeah and I you know they're they're one of the teams that many think will go quarterback with that with the 109 or they'll try to move up and should they is I mean, is this... No, because I don't think they're ready. I don't think any of these quarterbacks are going to be great. So them waiting until next year would be the yeah. smart call, but this team doesn't make smart decisions. So, Yeah, this is a team where, again, I think that you could see them go
0: maybe later on quarterback, but you've got Locke is two years left, one year left. One year. So you got Locke for this year. You're gonna to have to figure it out again next year, but why not see what you have? See if you want to give them a Bortles type of, of bridge deal as you rebuild this. I think Carol and the Seattle team is in denial that this is gonna be a rebuild. But the division that they're in and the way this roster is right now, it's a rebuild. Like the only thing you haven't signaled rebuild with is you still have Tyler Lockett and your coach. Like DK Metcalf, only three years in the league, he could still be a piece of that rebuild, just like Cortland oh, he, Sutton he was he for Denver. Be. Yeah,
1: he Um, he absolutely should be.
0: But you need all the help on the offensive line. You need um, all the help on the defensive side of the football. That's where their pick should go, especially because, say what you will about Drew Locke, when I look at this quarterback class, Locke would still, knowing what we know about him, probably be top five in this quarterback class.
1: He'd be in the mix. He'd He'd be more. I mean, I wasn't a fan of him as a prospect, as you know, so yeah, it'd be he'd be just another piece of the puzzle, you know, going in that late day, you know, that late first round early second round where he went in the 19 class, which was also in a a notoriously weak uh, QB class. It just it depends where Seattle's mind is. They they still think that they can be competitive. The defense played above expectations at points last year. Uh, but as you said, there's there's a lot of holes to this team that need to be addressed. And while they, they're able to recruit a lot of draft picks through the Russell Wilson trade, this is a, this is a team that's still a, at least a season. And, and they need to get rid of fucking Pete Carroll. Like, he, he got gifted, Wilson. He got gifted one of the best uh, defenses in the middle team, you know, 2010s. And they've been in denial about where the direction of this team is. Mm-hmm. And while I would have never traded Wilson, they made that decision. Now it's time for them to commit to what they should do. And that's whether you take, whether you go all in with lock or you bring in another veteran to compete with them, or you, you know, you take a quarterback in this class. I think the worst move is for them. to go run one quarterback. In my opinion, there's no need for them to wait for one of these guys. who I don't think has the same type of, of uh, stealing as the guys from next year. Yeah.
0: No, I just looked at the quarterback class from this year, too, and I think Locke would be probably my... Even knowing what we know about him now would probably be my five in this class. I think I'd have him ahead of Corral, because I don't like Corral. I think that they'd be... The <laughs> same, I think they'd be same tier, because I think they're very similar with unrefined big arm. But, you know, I, I think they... Yeah, I, I just can't see... A scenario where Seattle should go quarterback with this go. class
1: being what it is. They no. shouldn't. Nope. Absolutely shouldn't. They may, but they shouldn't. Right. All right.
0: Beer room. But Dan, you had your Imperial milk stout was from Energy City, and you said mint chocolate?
1: Yeah, it's uh Imperial milk chocolate Imperial milk stout with chocolate or with coca mint and natural flavors. This is basically it's like a like a chocolate mint sweet. Um, you know, chocolate mint, you, you, you know, cookie sweet, not cookie, but just a sweet bar. Um very, very sweet up front, very heavy on the coffee, very heavy on the mint um this is a 16 ounce can I'm drinking out of um you do not need more than probably eight ounces out of this thing though that's just how that's just how how th- thick and rich it drinks um but if you like men if you like this style of stouts I mean you would you'd like this it, it you know, it's quality from that standpoint it's it's heavily adjunct um not heavily but you know decently adjunct and you're getting a you know you're able to pull out of the flavors from the the malts that are being used here. So it, it's, it's a good stout. 16 ounces, a little too much in a can, but why don't you share it with your friends? All right. And I had the, uh,
0: peanut butter fudge piggy pop. So this is a, once again, a Imperial milk stout from blind pig at a champagne, Illinois checks in at 8.6%. Um, first off, I will say for an Imperial at 8.6%, really drinkable. With it being a sweeter, a sweeter milk stout, it's not super heavy at all. I will also say this is probably the best blind pig beer that I've had. I've had the U of IPA and some of their other stuff, and it was just okay. Um, this is actually something that I would consider special. It's one of the better chocolate peanut butter milk stouts I've had in general. Um, that includes like it, it's better than the absence of light, for example by a, a good amount, I think, especially the recent variants of that. Um, there's a ton. It smells like a peanut butter cup, but the milk, I mean, it smells like a f- chocolate peanut butter fudge pop. I don't know how else to put it. The smell is dead on. Taking a sip. As far as the taste of uh, they use, roasted peanuts in this, and that is very upfront and, and, and prominent. It's not, it's not harsh. It doesn't taste like it just bit into a peanut. It has that peanut butter sweetness, but it is very, very prominent. The cocoa and fudge notes come through the back end of it. it does not drink like 8.5%. Um uh, reminds me of a dark chocolate Reese's peanut butter cup. As I drink it. So it's desserty, it's creamy, it's sweet. It's really everything I had hoped this beer would be. It, it's a great, great, great expression of what I want out of a jo- peanut butter. Chocolate milk stout. Absolutely fantastic beer. So kudos to Blind Pig on this one. Only part the alcohol peaks out is like right there at the end. Just a tinge of bitterness. (laughs) But it's masked pretty well by the cocoa too. And that's our show. Uh, Well, the NFC next week as well as some other news as we continue to work uh, draft picks in the back end. And then after that, be prospect season, so you're starting to get a glimpse into how we feel about some of these guys. That is revealing full breakdowns. Be it prospect season here pretty soon, where there will be plenty of debate to be had. So bear with us as we do that at Beerfield. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, Beerfield Podcast on YouTube, uh, where you can catch us live each and every week. Uh, if you want, Dennis Walsh is blowing us a kiss. So, um, it is. I lost my train of thought after doing that. I'm at Beerfield Hop. <laughs> He's Beerfield Thury. Follow us on Twitter. We're a lot more active on our on our own accounts, so it's just a thing. Uh, I didn't say this in the intro. I'm still getting used to it, so my apologize to the Face Off guys. Are part of the Face Off Sports Network, so uh, be sure to check out uh, fffaceoff.com. Uh, Ryan Meyer is doing some good work there on rookies. Aaron Schill, Anthony Servino doing fantastic work. Uh, through their articles and their podcasts. So uh, be sure to to check that out and give those guys some love. ton of content there, way more than we've ever put out on our own. So if you're looking for more, it's a great place to get it. We're the most casual there.
1: so Absolutely.
0: All right. And on that note, next week. Bye. Insert graphic with all the wrong social media handles and I still haven't (laughs) updated yet.